Hey, uh, welcome back to the Sports Bar. Did you miss us? Another another <laughs> week, another episode. Oh, but of course, we Host. can't leave our fans hanging <laughs> high and dry. Hosted by yours truly, Drew. And your favorite barman cubes. Yeah, and as always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. It's at the Sports Bar KE. And on Facebook, the Sports Bar. Let's dive into it. So, much like every other episode we do, why don't we kick it off with the first segment, the rundown. Yeah. So, Drew, let's talk F1. We had an interesting weekend. It was amazing. We saw a lot of great driving. But I was disappointed in the status quo being re-established. Yes. Back to basics. Huh? Back to basics. I mean, the past couple of weeks, we've been enjoying a uh, random podium. You don't know who's going to finish where. Yeah. You have hope for Bertel, and then he breaks your heart. But no, no, we're the back McLaren's to The McLaren's are nowhere to be seen. The Mercedes is in the Red Bulls take one to four. With Hamilton winning the race, Verstappen in second, Bottler in third, and Sergio in fourth. Yeah. It was a ridiculous... Nothing out of the ordinary. Well, except Kimi running into the back of his teammate and crashing out, being the only DNF of the race. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, we saw Alpine coming good. Coming to the good, yeah, yeah, yeah. They came good on their promise of continuing to evolve with them finishing in 7th for Ocon and 8th for Godfather Alonso. Alonso. Yeah, but the Ferrari is slumped. Uh, okay. go, yeah, from the previous two races. Yeah, but Leclerc did finish in 6th. Uh, was it 6th? Yeah, just ahead of Ocon. Mm-hmm. However, we saw Sainz drop out of the points. He finished in 11th behind Pierre Gasly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we were too hasty in praising the SF21, or was it just a bad day in the office? Maybe it was just a bad day in the office, because even the McLarens looked really off for yeah. that day. Though Daniel Rick had a brilliant fight back, honestly, from the back of the grid. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, let's see what the future holds. It's a back-to-back race weekends. Mm. And, yeah. and it's crazy thinking that... Uh, what that meant for the points. Okay, mm-hmm. we still have Hamilton and Verstappen. Hamilton with 69, Verstappen with 61. But now it's becoming a bit more interesting and they need them because Lando uh, finished in the points. He has 37 now. Mm-hmm. But Bottas has closed the gap. He's now in fourth with 32 points and Leclerc uh, fifth with 28. So maybe all the good work that Lando and Leclerc did in the beginning of the season is now just going to be wasted. Don't say that. It's, <laughs> it's still the beginning of the season. I mean, you're only into... That was a third, third race. race. Yeah, the next weekend is the fourth race. So let's see what the future holds. But, uh, this double race weekends actually... Tell, usually say a lot about teams yeah. in terms of performance of their car because it's a lot of strain. True, but I think also the tire uh, choices of the day. Yeah. A lot of teams did the medium to hard. Uh, rather than, I don't think many teams used the soft tires that weekend because of the grip issue they yeah. were having. So maybe it's also the tires which aren't really comfortable with the car. Yeah, the track in itself was really... Slippery. Yeah, well, it was slippery. Everyone was all over the track. There was a lot of uh, laps deleted in yeah. terms of times. Uh, yeah. Track, uh, track limits. limits yeah, exceeded. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just an off weekend, the, generally. The Alpines on the hards were really looking good. Yeah, they looked good on the hards, yeah. which, yeah, that must have been what everyone picked up from the weekend, that mm-hmm. Alpine actually finally came to the good. They had a good balance They had a in the good car. balance on the car, and yeah. Uh, also, uh, following the weekend, uh, Mick Schumacher had an interview with mm-hmm. uh, Sky F1, and he said something which uh, was really nice. He said, he is, uh, Vettel is to him what... Uh, his father was to Vettel. The relationship they have being Germans on the grid and how close um, Michael Schumacher and uh, Vettel were. And that was when Seb was just a rookie. And he's paying it forward. He's doing the same with Mick. Yeah, with the car has have, it's all about (laughs) development currently to them. So he needs a lot of perseverance just to Mm. keep up with where he's at at the grid and not be hasty enough to... Imagine himself somewhere where he can't be currently. True, but the car he has, you know. But uh, despite all the struggles Haas have had in the beginning of the season, especially with this other driver Mazepin, 
Uh, Mick actually had a really good race. Uh, he was in a very entertaining battle with uh, Latifi for most of it. Mm. They weren't fighting for the top of the grid, but it was still uh, you play, I play. Yeah, if you enjoy your fun <laughs> as much as we do, then yeah, even the back of grid or even the back of the grid is fun mm. sometimes. So yeah. yeah, but uh, Mercedes top uh, the charts for manufacturers as if there was anyone else. I mean, there. Red Bull had an amazing start, so I expected Honestly, them to I've, be top. Do you think they're going to be competitive enough? to keep up with Mercedes for the rest of the season because no. Mercedes have done this how many times now? Uh, I think this would be eight, seven in a row, eight. Seven. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which would be insane. But also with respect to that, I also thought there was an outside shot for McLaren to actually steal the manufacturer's championship. Which is a long, long shot. Now it's looking that way. But yeah. when the season was beginning, you saw the speeds and the times that were being put in with Lando and Dan. And now we're going into the sprint races as well. Mm-hmm. And that car looks incredibly it's a, fast. It's a, very, it's a very interesting part of the season currently. So it's going to say a lot about where everyone is at as a team. Yeah. Yeah. So even Ferrari might have been, might have been overblown a bit. But... <laughs> It's good performance, brother. Yeah, but yeah, that was what happened in Portimao. Portugal was was a very interesting race. That was Formula One. I think that was the first race in a long time where there was only one DNF. (laughs) Yeah, usually clean race. Usually, when shit hits the fan, it hits it (laughs) quick, fast, and in a hurry. That was a very clean race. Yeah, Yeah. in terms of football, we have we had some interesting chaos over the weekend. Moving on through the week. Over the weekend, last weekend. Yeah, and moving into the week. Yes, moving into the <laughs> week. But this happened on Sunday, when oh. United versus Liverpool. I'm telling you, the Glazers are going to be burnt at the stake at this rate. <laughs> it's, just, it's just looking like Salem all over again. <laughs> so, apparently, there was supposed to be a game on Sunday between Man United and Liverpool. The, the biggest rivalry. Yes, the biggest game in the Premier League, apparently. Allegedly. The, not the, <laughs> Apparently. So, what happened is fans were semi-allowed, not yet allowed into Old Trafford. So, mm. what they did is gathered outside the stadium yep. to protest against the ownership of the club. Yep. So, With the green and yellow flags in full flow. Long story. So, what happened is a couple of them managed to <laughs> sneak into the the stadium into the stadium onto and the went pitch. to the onto the pitch. Some of them climbed onto posts, <laughs> taking, as in selfies. taking selfies. Uh, so this called for the game to be abandoned because mm-hmm. of a security issue. And winter came. <laughs> you're making very not funny jokes. Oh come on, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Man United Liverpool game was abandoned. Rescheduled for 13th of May. Uh, with a lot of uh, repercussions. With a lot in. of repercussions coming in because uh, United probably basically be... have now have 10, uh, 10 games in. No, not 10 games. Five games in 10 days. Yeah, they yes. have a lot of games to play in a row. And yeah. also they could be deducted points because of the actions of the fans. Depending on whether such a issue, such an issue occurs again. Yeah, and uh, also one man was arrested in connection to the invasion of the pitch. As if it was only one person. Yeah, but only one was arrested. So it, it was, how is that even fair? <laughs> I have no idea, but Old Trafford was just a mess uh, on Sunday. Other than that, uh, anything in Syria? Oh, yes. My prediction came true. Yes. It wasn't the thrashing I predicted, but Inter did win. They mm-hmm. beat Croton uh, 2-0 yeah. to become champions of Italy for the first time since Mourinho managed them. Someone's finally dethroned uh, <sighs> Juventus. And uh, with that came the news that Andre Piello will be leaving mm-hmm. Juventus in the Is summer. Is it confirmed? Yeah, he's not going to be going forward with them. <laughs> I doubt they will. But you also predicted something like that previously. Yeah, I said uh, Perlo is too old school in his thinking. I think that type of football is dead. When you're trying to play a four for two week in, week out, and you still trust Morata as your striker. Come I on, mean <laughs> Yeah, but that wasn't the only news in Syria. Now with Inter being champions, mm. all eyes turned to the race below them with uh Atalanta, Juventus, Milan and Napoli all within two points of each other for the top four. Yeah. Milan managed to beat uh, Benevento 2-0. Uh, Napoli, Waliko Julia Sufria, uh, 1-1 draw with Cagliari. Kumakawaede. 
Yep, and Atalanta and Sassuolo ended in a 1-1 draw as well. However, there were two red cards. Uh, one in the first half for Atalanta, just after they scored the opening goal. And then uh, Sassuolo equalized from the penalty spot through Federico Berardi. And then 10 minutes later, uh, Malo sticks a red card. So the game ended with a 10-on-10 match, but there were no more goals. And Juventus were so close to losing that game. Uh, Udinese opened the scoring in the... 10th minute through Molina, but six, uh, two goals in six minutes from Cristiano Ronaldo saved them in the 83rd and 89th minute. Mm-hmm. Two goals to make it 2-1. Yeah. And that changed the standings to having Inter who are champions with 82 points. Uh, Atalanta in second with 69, Juventus in third with 69, AC Milan in fourth with 69, and Napoli in fifth with 67. Interesting, so, interesting, very interesting. A lot is going on there. Yeah, into the week we had the second leg of the Champions League, my uh, friend. Where well, before we get into the Champions League, lot, this is the happened. this is the coup de grace. We don't want to talk about European football society. La Liga. We want to know what happened with Atletico. Tell me. We'll get to La Liga. Ah, we'll get to La Liga. Let's get into very, the week. <laughs> we have PSG and uh, City. Yeah. On Tuesday. That was uh, a good game. Playing the. Champions League second leg. Uh, there was a lot of expectations coming into this game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought the money derby would be more entertaining than it was. But you the biggest we are saying that Mbappe was a doubt for the game. Yeah, that was the biggest news. That was with... the biggest news into the game. Yeah, and it affected the game a lot because City ran out two nil winners on the day. With Riyad Mahrez continuing his ridiculous run of form, he's yeah. been basically Algeria's Superman since last month. Yeah, so City ran out to nil winners, sending him sending them into the Champions League final. But I think it's just like I said a couple of weeks ago. It's almost like Pochettino is allergic to titles. <laughs> it's like he has an aversion to being a winner. That game, yes, Mbappe was not 100%, but his other choices in the team really cost him. But can you give City credit? We give them credit for one thing. <laughs> this is an interesting start. The last shot on target uh, PSG had yeah. against Man City was in the 26th minute of the first leg. Yeah. That should tell you what choices Pochettino made. His uh, defense, as in Man City's defense, was clinical. They All were really good. Because that they handled Neymar completely. Mm-hmm. Their midfield was dominant with KDB and Foden all over the place. Yeah. I mean, City just had a perfect game all round, perfect but, defensive plan, and they executed it to the T. But the, going forward, they had they knew they had Mares on, mm, on on such form, a streak. Foden can pick out a yeah. pass. De Bruyne was playing the false nine role beautifully. Like they had a good team though. On PSG's uh, end. I, they were playing a 4-2-3-1, right? With uh, other side of Mauro Icardi, who was the one being Neymar and Di Maria. But the problem was in the number 10 role, the player playing behind Icardi, they put Verratti. And Verratti is a really good player. I've always rated him. But he's better in a deeper In saying that, then that means role. all the injuries they had affected them. Not but at really. the end of the day, they also made, they were making stupid mistakes all yeah. over the park with Di Maria getting a red card at some point in okay, that game. Okay, but... I'll play devil's advocate. Di Maria, yes, deserved the red card, but uh, it was instigated by Fernandinho, who at the end had of been the day, fouling players. At the end of the day, yeah. it's a very important game. A and semi-final Maria, of the Champions League. He's been to the final. He's mm. been a, literally a player of the match mm. in a final. He knows better yeah, than but, to make such a move right now with VR. <laughs> and it's and so he was obvious. the best player of uh, PSG Unona. in that game. He was the only one looking like he could make something with happen. With Mbappe, that team looks very devilish. Without Wanakaitu, Mbappakas in the The idea of building your team around one player. We also saw it with Bayern Munich when they lacked Lewandowski. Yeah. We've seen it multiple times with Barcelona playing without Messi. So it, it's just... It is what it is. Into the other semi-final. Where we saw Chelsea end up in another final. Oh, oh Lord. I'm just seeing flashbacks. And it's always the butt of the jokes who get the goal. <laughs> Werner scored. Like, the guy, 
has like he scored like Imagine. what more do you need to hear? He had the worst season of his life, and then he scored and then the Champions League final. And uh, honestly, it was from underneath the crossbar, but I still had hope he'd miss. Golo <laughs> Kante is the story. Kante is Superman. Like Aye. like there's no other way of describing him. He literally shut down Modric, Benzo, and. Vinicius. They were in his, so deep in his pockets they could tell you what his knees look hey, like. Player of the match in both semifinals. And play, UEFA's player of the week yeah. in both game weeks. Chelsea ran out two nil, in the game. Nil. Yeah, and it was a goal from uh, uh, Werner, as we've said, and Lampard's golden boy, Mason Mount, uh, on the 85th minute. Mm. But again, it was all a story of uh Real players not having the hunger. The midfield was slow and lethargic. The wingers weren't up to pace. There was no point where you could see a chance falling to Benzo and he'd score, even being given half a chance because Thiago Silva was so on him that there was no chance of Real Madrid getting that goal. It was a crazy game, but sure. hey, we have an all-English final. Yeah, an all-English final in Istanbul. Yeah. On the, is it 29th? Yes. Yeah, of May. Of May. Chelsea against Manchester City. You wanna you wanna give a prediction on this right now? <laughs> you know, uh, Pep has waited ten years to wind up in another final, but Chelsea are a final team. Yeah. Che- every final Chelsea play in, it's very rare to see them lose. With I think their last loss in a final coming in uh, the FA Cup in twenty seventeen against Arsenal, mm-hmm. where they lost by two goals to one. So yes, we might say Pep has built an amazing team. But Chelsea have Kante. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea have Kante. Uh, so that that will be a tough game. Probably we'll see extra time in our Champions League final for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my point of view. Into the other European league. Yeah. We have the Europa League. Where we saw two more English teams yes. taking on uh, an Italian team and a Spanish team. Trying to make it a double English final. But uh, they couldn't with uh, Arsenal falling short against Villarreal. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'll say to Arsenal fans. You you really suffer. <laughs> Though it wasn't for a lack of trying. The game, you know when you watch a game and you see they've, thro- they've thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, and it refuses to work. With Aubameyang hitting the post, and then Lacazette coming on, failing to convert. There were so many chances, none of them winding in the back of the net. As you said, fans of Arsenal, <laughs> Imagine at the last hurdle, Manchester against Villarreal. And you you could even just score one, one goal, one goal, and one you're goal unable. And you're... But it like goes to show you when you lack a manager of a certain caliber, there's nothing you should oh, do. Yeah, but Masai at least are gonna back up in Michael Carrick and. <laughs> The likes. Masaya gonna superstars. Yeah, he has players because who can win a game. Pressure. Exactly. No, no. So with Arsenal, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's going on. Well, let's see. I don't see Arteta. Miguel Arteta was. I don't see him be, lasting. He was supposed to be boy wonder. I don't see him lasting till December. Honestly, I see him losing his job. I love someone named Doctor Max Allegra. I doubt. Right now, there's no really. You know. Managers are very interesting because there are times where one is highly rated and a couple of bad runs ruins their reputation, as we saw with Jose Mourinho. Uh, we've seen it happen to a lot of managers. And now there's no manager who people would flock to. Every manager is a risk. Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's so, not write off Mikel Ateta yet. He's uh, shown potential. Let's <laughs> No, let's just be honest. Yeah, and so Arsenal drew nil nil against Villarreal, N- losing on aggregate two yeah. one. Uh, Meaning Villarreal and Mr. Unai Emery. Yes, go the, to the finals to the Europa play. League master. Yeah, and they play. <laughs> they play against the other winners of the. Well, the winners side. of the aggregate, not of the game. Yes. They are the winners of the leg, <laughs> the entire leg. Okay, yeah. yeah so United were lost on the night, three-two to yeah. Ace Roma. 
but went through on aggregate after having won 6-2 on the previous leg. Yeah. So, yeah, they lost on the night, but had a good game in general. Roma really fought. Yeah, yeah. Roma you know, tried coming back. It, it looked like they were trying to recreate that uh, miracle in Rome against Barcelona. With But they no longer have Constance Manolas, mm. the Greek god in Rome. Now and, they have Smoldini, and they were playing the Manchester against, United boy. <laughs> they were playing against a very informed Edison Cavani. Yeah, oh, Cavani was and a beast. Bruno Fernandes too, yeah. Sorry. Unfortunately, he didn't get his hat-trick. He was subbed off before he could. But it was a good game all in all. Roma tried to fight back. Man, it was just unfortunate that the first leg ended in such a large scoreline. Yeah, so while you lose your game first leg, yeah. meaning United play Villarreal in the Europa League final. In Gdansk. Gdansk. <laughs> Poland. Yeah. Poland, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's it for the week, basically. No, there were still a couple of things that went down. On my side, at least, where Kamomi retire, retire. There was Ligue football, which oh, yeah. had a lot of repercussions. I mean, uh, remember when we were talking uh, last week on Friday and we were saying how the table was so finely poised mm-hmm. for a new champion. Well, PSG kept the momentum, beating Lens 2-1. Lille were too nice for Nice, mm-hmm. winning 2-0. <laughs> Yeah. But the game of the week yeah. uh, in terms of Ligue 1 was Monaco and Monaco Lyon. Monaco and Lyon. That there was, was a third brawl against, at the end of that game. Yeah, it was, second, uh, it was third against fourth. Yeah. It was a finally contested game. Memphis Depay Memphis was on form. Depay. Game ended in uh, 3-2, but yes, there was a brawl. It was a very passionate game. It was a good watch. Yeah, so Lyon won. Uh, yeah, Lyon won and it changed the table up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have Lille and PSG with Lille in first, 76 points. PSG in second with 75. Yeah. And then uh, Monaco, who are in third, 71 points, and Lyon in fourth with 70 points. 70 points, points yeah. With three games to go. Legal looks really well poised. Yeah, three games to go. I mean, we could see Lyon become champions again since they had Hugo Lori in goal. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be and, difficult. Uh, Michel Bastos unless, as their left back. Unless Lille and Burakilmos just. Uh, Oh, Burak Ilmas was a he had such a good game yeah, again, becoming of the season, and a, a free agent, <laughs> 35 years old. And he comes into a little team who, even Jonathan David, yeah. uh, the young striker from Canada, and uh, Tim, uh, Timothy Ware. All of them said they signed for Lille not expecting to charge for the title, they were just signing for experience and being in a comfortable team that won't get relegated. Then all of a sudden, they start believing. Yeah. And here they are, two games away, three from a title. If they keep up with the momentum they have right now, they're going to be Liga champions. Yeah, and that's going to be such an achievement. I mean, man. after you remember, there's a time Bordeaux won the league. I think that's Montpellier. The, yeah, Montpellier. Both yeah. of them did win before PSG's yeah, dominance. dominance. Because yeah. when Montpellier won, that's uh, the team which had uh, what's his name, uh, Olivier Giroud, yeah. as a young player leading the line. And then uh, Bordeaux win, and uh, us will have a problem inside a <laughs> French playing strategy. Yeah, yeah, the Bordeaux no team, <laughs> not only Yasunogo, yeah, yeah, so no, go. no uh, Marwan Shamak oh, was Shamak, the main striker yeah, for I remember for Bordeaux. Bordeaux, and they won the league. Yeah. And then Nakakuja, Uku, Asinali. So now we see a team like Lille, if they, do win, if they do win uh, the Ligue 1 title, they're going to be raided, and they're going to lose a huge chunk of their core of the team. That's fine, but at least they've gotten enough money. Because we've seen uh Serie A change. Football, yeah. We've seen Serie A's change with the Scudetto. Now we might see it in Liga. If it but does happen in Liga, that would be interesting. The Bundesliga is basically wrapped up. See, Bayern, Bayern Munich. Onions. Yeah, they have it. Uh, Borussia Dortmund are struggling this season. They had they're a great start. Now they're in fifth. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a team which was... F- almost relegated last season in Wolfsburg are above them. So, like, the monotony of leagues is what needs to change a yeah. bit. We're coming up to the end of the season, by the way. Yeah. So, everyone better just tune in to the sports networks everywhere. You can. Oh, oh, just listen to us. Oh, yeah, We're very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, really. Just remember, follow us on Instagram at the Sports Bar K or on, on Facebook. Facebook at the Sports Bar. Exactly. Yeah, let's get into the next segment. Keeping up with the... Team. Mm-hmm. 
our usual episodes mm. on to the next segment which mm. is a weekend preview yeah with a lot going on this weekend yes uh, uh, let's keep up with the theme of the fun as well so because yeah. we have the spanish grand prix at the circuit barcelona the, the catalonia yeah, yeah which is looking really well which uh-huh. the free practice should be going on currently it's yeah, actually speak, it's yeah. happening as we are talking over here and the benzos are looking good i think the upgrades they made since they were having problems with downforce generation and uh, i think Bottas in the first race had a problem with his power unit as well so with the both cars having been upgraded since Toto's talk and Toto was saying they they don't think they can keep up with the Red Bulls it, it's looking like they're back yeah like the status quo is about to be yeah, established picking up from the race from the race in Portimao Portugal mm. i mean honestly they look good they look on the app and Lewis looked really fluid and comfortable with the car that Valtteri pass, yeah. pass to take first from mm. Bottas was so smooth yeah you know like, world champion just world just a world champion he's in a league thing. of his own let's just say yeah and Valtteri also starting to feel more comfortable with the car mm. The Max until are, it starts rain, yeah. raining again. Uh, and <laughs> the also, Mercedes are back, honestly. And also Perez, he finished in fourth. We had a one to four of the Mercedes Red Bull, something we've been seeing for years. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Ferraris were lacking them. Yeah, and uh, the, with Perez getting comfortable with this car, with the car again, it's going to look interesting to see how Red Bull tackle this problem because it all stems down to quality. Uh, with Hamilton chasing the hundredth pole of his career, can they stop him? Yes. And for how long? If Perez brings the RB sixteen, is it RB twenty one? Yes, yeah. RB twenty one. If he actually brings it to the full and to where Max can push that car, yeah. If he can get to that point, then it's gonna be a real challenge. But mm-hmm. until he can do that, the Mercedes are two cars, and it's only Verstappen at the top there. Yeah. They're gonna dominate them. They're gonna dominate him. It's yeah. just gonna be a strategic game, and they're gonna win because they have two very fast cars. Because the only way uh, Red Bull have any chance of beating uh, Hamilton, Hamilton and Mercedes this if, weekend is yeah. if they qualify at the top of the grid. Yeah, and Nani uh, Perez has to be there. Yeah. Like he has to be pushing for the top spots also. He either has to be in between the Mercedeses or above them. Yeah. There's no other So as to see a challenge because honestly it just looks like status quo is going to be restored. It's it's forever going to be Lewis, <laughs> Valtteri and then Max. Yeah. But or... this is also the home race of two drivers on the grid yeah. in Carlos Sainz, Carlos Sainz and Alonso Ferrari uh, Alonso for Alpine. Yeah, and uh, Alonso has won this race before. Signs. He wasn't driving for Alpine, was he? <laughs> Renault. <laughs> exactly. Back in the day, and also I think with Ferrari. Yeah. But the idea is, the Signs has very few podium finishes in his career. I think two, and mm. only one was he actually on the podium. That one was a decision made after the race. Oh yeah, after the race. And it would be iconic to see this being one of his first, his home race. But now we are not being realistic uh, because we're talking about a Ferrari that's basically either either a second or two of a Mercedes here. But you never know. We've seen ridiculous things happen with the Russell and Bottas crash, for example. Anything unless is possible. Yeah, unless there's a crash. Yeah. And then there's so many. And Alonso does have the experience, or and the car looked really quick last week. Yeah, and the Alpines are coming back. If right they can get the timing right, if they can qualify in a good position. I wouldn't rule out a charge for the top four for them. Ocon is turning into a really, really good, solid driver yeah. for meaning for Alpine. Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Alonso is getting comfortable with the car. He was a few seconds off of Ocon. Yeah. And I think one more race will show us where they truly lie But in honestly, terms of the championship. With this double game, double race, race weekend, week. it's going to be very interesting. It puts a toll on each and every team, on the drivers, Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what everyone brings to the fold. If the Red Bulls can actually put their things together, put mm. their house together, and be able to bring a challenge to Mercedes this weekend, then yeah, the rivalry would be revamped again. It yeah. would be making headlines everywhere. Though there are two teams which are struggling. Let's start with uh, Aston Martin. Aston Martin had a good car last season, but now they just have a good color. You mean they had a knockoff? Look. There's been a lot of jokes made at the expense of uh, BWT Racing Point last season, Let's and just... it was true that they took a lot of inspiration from the uh, 
uh, W10 politically correct took a lot of inspiration what do you mean Oliba it wasn't a straight up it was as in it was so obvious that's why it was seen and so many rules were put in by the FIA just because of what they were trying to do yeah. which is affecting them up to this day but now uh they tried to put in certain upgrades to the car uh before ahead of the Portugal race and it didn't really pay off we saw stroll in the second race of the season he finished in 8th within the points but with the upgrades his car got in Portugal he was just a position ahead of teammate Sebastian in 13th and Vettel in 14th so it's not looking good for Aston Martin with Stroll looking last season was one of the promising young drivers he was being talked about in the same breath as Lando Norris by Now, this time of the year honestly i think we should be seeing progression from every team yeah. from where we were at the beginning of the year up to where we are right now every team should have shown a certain potential to progress mm-hmm. the only stagnant team has been your Aston Martin and Haas and Haas honestly and Haas genuinely are being held back by one man Nikita Mazepin because uh they have the same car with uh Mick Schumacher mm-hmm. like they got the same upgrades there's no advantage there's no fast driver second driver but it's already shaping up for you to know because who's, the, yeah. who's driver number because one because Mazepin in the same car is four seconds slower than uh Mick Schumacher and that is an eternity yeah, the, the, you can't for fun maybe yeah you can't be every race you're two laps behind the leaders yeah. you have no shot and Gunther Steiner is also really getting tired of him and despite his father buying the car basically buying the seat for him F1 is a brutal, brutal sport, sport. Yeah, yeah and it eats people up very fast and he might be dropped in within before the first half of the season we saw it we've seen it multiple times Kofiat left the seat for Max Verstappen during the Red Bull season we saw it with uh, Pierre Gasly and Alexander Albon as well We, and now with Fittipaldi being the reserve driver uh, and Kalamailot uh, he recently confirmed Progressing, yeah. yeah that he was the reserve driver for Alfa Romeo Alfa Romeo uh, is a Ferrari team yeah. as is Haas and Kalamailot is a Ferrari junior driver yeah. so if they cannot stand Mazepin anymore they'll have to bring in Yeah there's going to be a jump uh, someone's going to take a, a very big leap from either F2 or, or or another team someone who doesn't have a team so, they could bring in Fitty, Mr. Hulk yeah Hulkenberg uh, is a good shout uh, yeah. there's still uh, Fittipaldi yeah and there's also Kalamailot yeah and still many Magnussen is also not on the grid Kmag is driving in uh, the US series for Cadillac so okay, he's unavailable yeah. yeah but uh, i also saw me coming back uh, Roman Grosjean a uh, former Haas driver a one off he's going to be the W10 Mercedes which uh Lewis Hamilton won with two years ago yeah. is going to do a showcase race in France yeah. before free practice and the race and then he retires officially yeah, from, from F1. F1 yeah Benz uh, contacted him they said they did not like how his last race ended yeah. and they'll give him a chance to leave on a high note so yeah they're giving him a drive but a team which actually is on the upswing much like Grosjean's career <laughs> <laughs> It's not a funny joke. <laughs> is Williams. Yeah, Williams is on a high. Uh since last season Williams were the bottom team. Yeah. Like you always knew you'd have Williams and Alfa Romeo and Haas just above them. But now the status quo yeah, the bottom has changed. They've they took in some investment for the team. Yeah. yeah and it's paying off right now. Technically with, with uh, their car showing improvements each and every weekend. Yeah, with Latifi and Russell constantly getting out of Q1 yeah. at the expense of last week Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. They've taken some big scalps. And the Aston Martins. Yeah, so Williams are on an upswing. Maybe we'll get back to the points where they used to have Nigel Mansell driving for them. Maybe they'll It's going to take them a to, while. It will take a while, yeah. but they have a great driver in George Russell. Yeah. Latifi has been unlucky. With, Russell Russell I see him I foresee him going and taking up the second spot at Mercedes. Uh, yeah, likewise I don't think Bottler is long for the grid. But let's see what the future holds honestly. Yeah, yeah so this weekend the future holds the Spanish Grand Prix. Hope you <laughs> tune in. Yeah. And yeah, watch the race and tell us what you think on our socials. On to the next thing which is football. Oof, where oh, do yeah. you want to start? 
Hey, hey, how about we start with Syria? Tell me about Syria. Well, I mean, we already know into our champions. They have the Scudetto in the bag. We saw Lukaku, Damian, Alexis, and Ashley Young take a selfie together, put it on Instagram to troll Man United fans. Man United boys, won the league. <laughs> yeah, so with them having mathematically won the league, let's focus on the teams which mathematically... Yeah, the rest the below them is very interesting. So uh, we have a few interesting games. Atalanta are taking on Parma. Now, Parma, <laughs> they've just been hot and cold all season mm. and now are part of that relegation conversation and now they're fighting for uh, they're going to fight for their chance to stay in Serie A versus a team which is fighting for a Champions League spot to the nail a team which I always call the great entertainers of Serie A interesting dynamics yeah so I don't know if Javinho is enough to <laughs> <laughs> to stop is an Atalanta Ay, an Atalanta team which is on form with Ma- Miranchuk, yeah. Malinowski, Duvan Zapata um, and Luis Muriel leading the line. And Gonsens was suspended for this game, but I'm sure they'll have a good replacement come in like Mahele. Yeah. So it's that not looking good. Atalanta Parma. It's not looking good for Parma, but it's looking good for the neutrals. Mm-hmm. You should watch that game. Uh, the other team which is fighting for the top four is Napoli. And they're taking on uh, Spezia. Spezia, Spezia struggling relegation. At the bottom, yeah. uh, I just don't see them surviving. Yeah, so this should be a cool uh, win for Napoli. Yeah. Uh, Gennaro Gattuso really needs this. He needs to leave Napoli on a high. Yeah. So probably... Just uh, leave them in the Champions League. Dries Martins gets a goal. Insigne. Insigne. And we see them up. Yeah. But the game of the week in terms of Serie A is the number two team, the number three team versus the number four team. Yeah. With AC Milan taking on Juventus. What's the dynamics in terms of points there? They're tied on points. They're separated by goal difference. Uh, Juventus are ahead. <laughs> so whoever wins goes above the other. Yeah, and Napoli would jump the loser oh, as well. Wow. So it's a very tricky game. Though, looking at it from a neutral's point of view, mm. we have Pioli, a very good manager. Stefano Pioli. Yeah, a great tactician. And a team that is hungry to finally get back to where they used to be. This is the first time we'll see AC Milan in a Champions League sport since the team that had Robinho if in they 2012. actually get in the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, so Pioli has done a great job, whatever happens. And Juventus are a team on the downswing. Yeah. And I don't know what they expect when your striker is Morata. <laughs> you just hate Morata. Yeah, uh, I don't know. This could be a cut and call also for a lot of their players. Yeah. The Giorgio Chiellini, Gianluigi Buffon, Buffon yeah. all of them looking like uh, it's time to hang up the boots. Mm. So Juventus also have a reason to end One, it on two. a high. Yeah. But with their current team, the current form, the current lineup, the current formation, the current manager, I just don't see them pulling it off. What's that one? Mm. On to the next league. So this weekend's games are very interesting. The dynamics are critical and very crucial. In terms of this, Barcelona, who are second, are playing against first, who are Atletico Atleti. Madrid. And then Real Madrid, who are third, are playing against fourth Sevilla. in Sevilla. So yeah. Atleti lead the table by 76 points. Followed by Real very closely with 74 and Barcelona at third with 74 tied on points with Real Madrid. And each team in the top four is playing against each other. Mm. So what you should expect by the end of this weekend is that this table is going to tell you basically how La Liga is going to shape up for the last two or three game weeks. Because... If Atleti beat Barcelona, that basically guarantees them the title in yeah. terms of, yeah, it gives them a leverage to mess up, slip up with one game to, mm. yeah, with one game to spare. Mm. But on the other hand, if Barcelona and Real Madrid win their games... <laughs> you tell me how that table shifts. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, especially... I don't like ruling out Sevilla. Sevilla have had a very good season. They are fourth with 70 yeah. points. Only four of Barcelona and Real. Six of the title yeah. with three games to go. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy that these teams have been faltering so close to the finishing line. We've seen Real Madrid drop points against Hetafe. 
We've seen Atleti Barcelona losing. dropping to Granada. We've seen Atleti, Atleti drop. losing to Bilbao. And Barcelona was so close to losing to Valencia last yeah, weekend yeah. because it ended 3-2 yeah. after Messi inspired a comeback, but it was really close. So Sevilla are still in the conversation, and if they beat Real Madrid... Could make everything interesting. Yeah. So if the Barcelona Atleti game ended in a draw and then severe beat Madrid, it that would, be would turn the table. Game. Yeah, that would turn the table completely. And another thing you should consider: this is a Diego Simeone team playing Barcelona. The last time they won the league, they played Barcelona as the and last game of the season, them. and they beat them. Mm-hmm. But this is a this is a totally team different team. That flaky athletic team. Playing with a back three, yes. Hermoso, Savage, and Jimenez have been very impressive this season. But Yodi and uh, Trippier are about as safe as a punctured condom. With all the issues <laughs> they've also had this yeah. season. Joe Felix going down. Suarez going down. Yeah. But now Llorente is back and he's inspired them to a win last weekend. So, yeah. There's a lot on the line, but knowing Simeone, he's going to set up a defensive team to try and absorb the pressure and play on counter. So I wouldn't expect Suarez to play this game. Maybe uh, Pacey players, Thomas Lemar, uh, you throw in Llorente, and, and maybe João Felix if he's back, and just play on the counter. Yeah. Mm. So watch out for La Liga. On to the Premier League. League. Oh, no, On to the like, Premier League. Liga first. Like... I love this league this season. You know, I used to watch it and people would ask me why and then I told them because I do drugs. But no, no, I don't have to explain myself. Okay. And the four teams which are all in the hunt for the championship, uh, this is going to be an interesting weekend with them. Because we have Lille taking on fifth position, Lons. Mm-hmm. And Lons were very unfortunate to lose to PSG last week. And they've been playing really good football with Gail Kakuta being the inspiration for most of their wins. Mm-hmm. And yes, Lila are good going forward. Very good, free-flowing. Burak uh, is a beast. Mm-hmm. But defensively, again, I remind you, it's a 37-year-old Joseph Font leading the defense. Mm-hmm. So they're prone to mistakes. Obviously. And we have uh, PSG taking on uh, eighth position. No, seventh position now, Ron. Renz. Mm-hmm. Ren. Uh, Rene. I have no idea. Yeah, and also they're a team on the upswing. They had a tough season from Mm. the beginning, a lot of injuries, a lot of inconsistency. But now they're moving forward. They're charging for that last uh, Europa League position. And PSG are a team that's beaten and battered at this point. Yeah, after this week's Champions League loss. Yeah, so they could lose. And I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. And uh, now we have the other two teams in the conversation. Monaco Mm -hmm. are taking on Reim. Mm-hmm. Reem are just there. They're, they're, they're not anything special. They're not being relegated and they're not uh, winning the league. They're just somewhere. Thomas League. So. And mm-hmm. Monaco are going to thrash them. Legitimately. This Monaco lost their game against Lyon. Yeah, and now they need, weekend, to, yeah. they need to try and they save their season. Back, yeah. Yeah, so I see that being a very good game for Monaco. Mm-hmm. And Lyon take on Lorient, mm-hmm. who are just another team which are just floating. They're not charging for anything. They're not... Okay, they could be relegated mathematically, but it's not likely. So, Mm -hmm. it's an interesting weekend in France. Yeah. Mm. On to the Premier League from today. From today. What do we we have? We have Leicester playing against Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle. With Leicester looking like they're going to end up in the Champions League again. At this point, it's a formality. Yeah. Four games left. I don't see them losing. So Liverpool are probably going to lose out on the Champions League. So is Tottenham. So is Arsenal. Yeah, because uh, Chelsea are just going to be there. Is she there? Yeah. So Leicester, but Newcastle, Newcastle tonight. Yeah. Newcastle are very lucky. You know, for the past three seasons, I've always predicted Newcastle to, to be been, relegated. They've just been but luck. It's just. They've just been riding luck too. They're that annoying team which refuses to go down. Yeah. And they need to. Because at this point, with Mike Ashley and having Steve Bruce as your manager, you just need a change. <laughs> yeah, on to the weekend on Saturday. Leeds uh, play against Tottenham. Oh, that is a good game. It's a very good game. Very fast-flowing, fast-moving football from both sides. Bielsa ball. I don't both sides. Ryan Mason is still confused. And then, yeah, the... On Sunday, Aston Villa play United mm-hmm. with a lot on the line, actually, for United. Because if the fans come back, it might be the end of United's season. 
Yeah. Because yeah. the guarantee of a points deduction is But it's good. an away game. So Rudnani, the oh, yeah. Premier League said no away fans would be allowed to attend any games. Mm. So yeah, let's hope everything goes well. And then the game of the weekend is City Chelsea on Saturday. <sighs> that is a juicy game. We we'll get to see we get the to see a warm up preview to the, of the Champions League and final. The FA Cup final. And the FA, oh my god. <laughs> Wait, is it the FA? No, yeah, yeah, Leicester, Leicester in the FA Cup final. Oh yeah, it's Leicester, yeah. Leicester City. But yeah, this is the preview of the Champions League on Saturday, City mm. Chelsea. So yeah, basically that's your dose of the weekend. That's all the football F one of the weekend. Yeah. yeah. So on to the next segment. Yep. This is uh, usually the last segment mm. in our in our bar. This is where people come to listen to all the madness we have to spew. Yeah, so usually start off with our predictions. So yeah. I have a few games I'd like to predict. Ooh, uh, what are they? My games are La Liga games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm addicted. <laughs> so Barcelona Atleti, yeah. Yeah. Upper me, honestly, I foresee a nil-nil draw in this game. With You're a brave the, man. Yes. <laughs> with Real Madrid winning their game against Sevilla. To go top of the table. Yeah, 2-0. And then they'll go top of the table. Tied on points with Atleti. Yeah, tied on points with Atleti. It's, it doesn't get juicier than that. With uh, Barcelona still two points behind, it would be an interesting mm-hmm. game. Yeah, so my predictions are Barcelona Atleti nil nil, mm-hmm. Real Sevilla 2-0. Yeah, and it's a real team coming off of... Uh, Licking their wounds. Yeah, and F1 too. You'll also predict your F1 winner, but I think this weekend, honestly, status quo is going to remain. So, Hami win. Hami win. Valtteri uh, second and Max third. That's basically the grid for me. <laughs> okay, okay, so what are your games? Well, for me, I have uh, City and Chelsea. We didn't talk about them in the selection because, yes, it's a good game, but it's not as juicy as the others. Yeah, well, the Premier League is all about all but it's, one. Yeah, like even Pep himself said, he has the champagne already in the fridge, just yeah. waiting on the points. Uh, so City and Chelsea, this is a warm-up to the Champions League final. Preview uh, of the Champions League Yeah, final. and I think uh, from the game week that you just came from, a lot of players will be rotated yet yeah. again. And it's just going to be an exhibition boxing match. So, so who wins? I see... Okay, Sterling will be back in the side. So I'd see a 2-1 win for City. With Sterling and Aguero getting the goals and a consolation from, let's say, Christensen through okay. a corner. It's your next game. Juventus in Milan. <laughs> Obviously. Look, I may joke a lot about Morata, <laughs> but it's because I do not rate him as a striker. <laughs> and it's going to affect uh, this Juventus Milan game, yeah. depending on how uh, they line up. Because uh, last weekend they played uh, Dibala Ronaldo team up, mm. but Dybala was ineffective so they brought on Morata and that's two goals came out of that. So I think Morata has earned enough goodwill from Perlo to start up front this week with Ronaldo mm. but Milan are just a hungry young side. So who wins this game? It's very genuinely, poised. Genuinely, I see a 3-1 win for Milan. 3-1 win for Milan. Yeah. It's bold. It's bold, but it will just it, it's kind of going to show the world where the two teams start. Mm. Milan have been on the down for so long, they need an upswing. Mm. And this will show the world that they are back and Juventus are no longer the team they were. Okay, so what's your F1 grid? My F1 grid, this is Spain. It's yes. a tough track, yeah. depending on weather conditions. I'd say the status quo as well. But I'm not boring. I'm a very brief man. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell already. You know, I joke a lot also about Sergio, but I think he's going to win. I think he'll have... Perez wins the Spanish yeah. Grand Prix. Okay, everyone, think... listen. This is <laughs> saying this, okay? Uh-huh. I might have drunk a bit too much. Just give me a minute. It's a double Perez. on the bar. Anyway. I think Perez is going to win the Spanish Grand Prix. Yeah. He's due good news. He's due a podium at least. Yeah. Not so, a win. Uh, okay, fine. This is your prediction. So, And I see Verstappen in third. Who's in second? Uh, this is why you, you people who think I do drugs. Carlos. I see signs in the second. So, Perez first, signs second, and Max third. Yeah. With the Mercedes is out of the picture. I genuinely think Hamilton will be in fourth, but I see a Bottas DNF. 
it's not that they're going to be slow. I see a DNF. I see, I see a very bold man. Because usually it's all about that first corner. Yeah. There's usually an incident. I see a very bold yeah. man. So yeah. you could just be a passenger and you get run over. So <laughs> I generally don't... That, that's my grade. Yeah, like, so everyone just watch out for those predictions. Make sure that to remind us about this and we'll remind Lindsay as well. <laughs> On to our opinions as well. Not to Konaka there. To see, to pick a little bit. There's no one who's hired after 15 days. Someone was hired. Someone was hired. After 15 days out of the job, Jose Mourinho, my favorite manager on earth. <laughs> it's because you have no ambition. The special one got a job, but it still means Tottenham are going to pay him 10 million for severing ties before his contract was done. Yeah. But the person I feel for are two players, Smalling and Mkhitaryan, who literally left United to get away from him. <laughs> so, yeah. And they're united by their own. Oh, his new club is AS Roma. Roma, who recently lost to Man United with Bayern. Yeah. And Roma have. Uh, they're a team with a lot of history. They've had a lot of great players come through the academy. Yeah. On top of the list being Francesco Totti. And Totti actually was, is a member of the board. Yeah. And he, he was, was part very of instrumental the, in, in the getting, hiring. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll just be honest. Uh, for Mourinho, I thought he was a good manager in 2004. But 2004 to 2010 was his peak. And when you hit your peak, all you can do is go downhill. And that's what's happening to his career. After the treble with uh, Inter. Inter, it's just the single Champions League with Real Madrid and the Europa League with United. He no, came the back Europa, to Chelsea and won the Premier League. Yeah, the Premier League. The Europa League was with, was it Van United. Hal? Yeah, Van Hal. No, it was with Mourinho. It was Mourinho, yeah. yeah. So when you see his uh, title holds between 2004 and 2010, and you look 2011 to now. He won more titles back then. And he's going to a league which the master is back in. Antonio Conte, the man who made Juventus a dominant team. Before and is now Antonio managing. Conte was the master of Serie A, mm. it was Jose Mourinho. Yeah. But and with the project he has at hand at Roma, it looks exciting. Can we look at this Roma team first of all? This Roma team is built upon young players, right? The bane of Mourinho's existence. We saw what happened with him and Dele Alli he has in to, Spurs. He has to deal with young players right now because he has to understand one thing. I took a two or four, as you said. Mm. No, no. Every player right now is young. Everyone's growing up different. Kilamtu, CEO, hardcore characters. Will come out in a pepe. <laughs> Roy Keane. And Ricardo Cavallo. No. <laughs> Roy John Terry's, yeah, yeah, no. Like, and you see, that's what he's been unable to adapt to. The new type of footballer. These are footballers who've grown up in the social media generation. They do things for clout. Walk people. They walk people. And then you come over here with that mentality at Ipepe and Sergio Ramos. Hey, Buddha boss, your heart will break. And that team, the club captain, uh, Edin Dzeko, might leave. Yeah, he might leave. He might leave. Yeah, because the be entire honest. project, honestly, is built around young players like Ibanez, yeah. Mancini. The, Mancini. You have uh, Bruno yeah. Perez. Yeah. You have uh, Cars Drop. You have uh, Jordan Beretu. You have Lorenzo Pellegrini. You yeah. have uh, Borja team. Mayoral. And then you have Pedro and Mikitarian who give the attack a bit of experience. Mm. But that team is so unbalanced. And you're bringing in a coach who is so used to forcing his way on players. It's not going to work. Mimi, I'm willing to give him time. Because okay. I believe in Jose and I just believe Roma have a really interesting project. Uh, it's like what Inter did with Conte. Yeah. No, no, they just went and brought back someone who is sensible enough to win. To win. Someone who has that mentality. But I'll be honest, uh, I don't see Roma being in the top five next season as well. And I'll tell you why. Even if we give Jose the summer, uh, he's already been appointed, so signings will be his. Yeah, his. No player right now would volunteer to play under Mourinho. That's that's the reputation he has since... Uh, look at every club he goes to and the players he has forced out. We saw it with Chelsea with one matter. We saw it with United and uh, Pogba as well. Pogba did not enjoy playing for Mourinho. Mm. And we saw it in Spurs with Dele Ali, Danny Rose, who was forced. Bastian Schweinsteiger. I mean, this guy has a reputation of uh, just casting out players who he does not deem fit. And they always come good. Look at Luke Shaw right now. 
the what bottom line is this guy wins trophies. No, no. Not with Spurs, though. I think Spurs have a... Well, he was in the final. He was in the final. I see Spurs on a quality because he was in the final. No, no. So, yeah. But anyway, that's why this is called opinions. He has his, I have mine. So, on to another story that I think you also have an interesting opinion on. It comes to the young Norwegian player. Superstar. The Terminator. Yeah. Erling Braut Haaland. So and, Dortmund have slapped a price tag on him of 150 million euros. And um, his uh, agent, Mino Raiola, has slapped a 1 million per week wage demand. <laughs> mm. <Is he laughs> That's eye-watering, isn't it? Is he worth it? Look, I'll be honest. Um, what is happening with him and Dortmund right now is quite disappointing. Especially, yes, he got his break with RB Salzburg, right? But Dortmund has given him the platform to be an actual world star. They helped him out in the Bundesliga. They were top of the table for a while before the run of form just died out. And uh, him demanding to leave if things don't go his way is just... But there's no loyalty, the amount of loyalty, loyalty. cloud, you know, in terms of football, the amount of cloud he has right now is insane. He's he only equaled by Mbappe. Superstar. Yeah, he's the biggest superstar in the world right now. That's because he's good at what he does. And he's football really longevity is key. So if he needs to leave right now so as to be able to play at Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man City or Chelsea for the next 10 years, <laughs> Nisawa, rather than be playing in the Bundesliga. And losing and, to Bayern every season. Yeah, kills his kills his longevity. And the reason Dortmund are having all these problems is because of their turnover rate of players. See, uh, Ahmad but Diallo. It's, the, the, it's basically the business model. And they're basically the Southampton of Europe. That's mm. what I'd call them. Yeah. They keep players who are past their prime, but sell players who are coming good. Because another player who's also on the transfer list for 86.3 million is Jaden Sancho. Right? But you're going to keep Max Hamels. Yeah, right? He's still on the team. He's cheap. You're going to keep, uh, what's this guy called? Lucas Piszczek. Right, Royce is a legend. He'll probably have a statue built outside the stadium <laughs> once he retires. Mm-hmm. But when your core is an aging team, where Emre Chan is your most exciting midfielder, you you can't hope to keep all the stars. And that's why Haaland and Sancho are looking for ways out. And Sancho is already causing a three-way tug for him with City. I know with United, uh, Chelsea, and Liverpool all in to pay for him. Haaland is in the middle of a five-team battle because PSG want to bring him in to play with Mbappe. Real Madrid are looking for an heir to Benzema. Barcelona still haven't replaced uh, Luis Suarez. Man City want him to replace Aguero. And Chelsea need at number nine. But Haaland and United are also interested. But Haaland turned them down because of the rivalry with uh, Roy Keane and his father, which led to the butchering of his father's career, basically. So Haaland said, if he comes to the Prem, there are only two teams he'd consider playing for. City, where his father played, and Leeds, where he was born. And I don't see him playing for either. So if Haaland is to leave Dortmund this season, genuinely, it's Real Madrid. I personally think he should leave. He should go to not, not Real Madrid. Barcelona can't afford Erling Haaland right now. So With the, the, the most, wages they pay Messi, are you yeah, high? The scariest bit would be him going to Manchester City. Because that would make them a very, very competitive team. One player does not make a team. It does. Look Aguero at, makes a difference in the City team, if you can tell. You do realize City and have won the league. that is a this, bigger, better, better Aguero. You, you've realized City have won this league without an outstriker. Tells you the genius <laughs> of Pep Guardiola. No, no. But anyway, what I'm saying is, Erling Haaland should leave Dortmund, honestly. But that 150 million euro price tag right now, it's a lot of money and not every team is going to be able to afford that. So, yeah, let's see what the future holds for Erling Haaland, Borussia Dortmund and Jadon Sancho. But just before we end up, uh, we wrap up the opinions. I just have to ask you one question now, uh, just out of the blue. What do you think will happen with the PSG players? I mean, uh, it's the thing of coming so close but yet so far two years in a row. Uh, Mbappe is probably going to leave 
for Madrid because yeah. I think that's Madrid's priority. Yeah, that's the number one signing. Neymar is just gonna back you there for your Premier League for the money. Yeah, and then but that's it basically because there's, there's no revamp they need to make unless they wanna restructure completely. Well, Maurizio Pochettino came out uh, and said his first signing, like who he wants to bring into the club right now, is Dele Alli, and I think that would help them. In the Champions yeah, that League. changed that the, could, the dynamic of the team a bit. Because in that game against City, it was the number 10 position where they had no one. And Ali is a brilliant number 10. Like, you saw what he did for Spurs under Pochettino. Now, unite that creativity and slight genius with the likes of Di Maria, Neymar, and Bappe if he stays. And in the league, probably, they'll, they'll probably win the league. But, but in the Champions League, and then Ukujo Patani na Man City. Ikiwa na defense Diaz, Laporte, Stones, Cancelo, Walker. And then with a heavy midfield of Rodri, Kundogan, De Bruyne. Manado. And then, God forsake, they sign Nalling Haaland, Abu Bele, Nostaling, Riyad Mahrez, who's proving to be one hell of a superstar. City would be scary. Rona Bado, PSG would lose the game. But I, at the end of the day. So, let's look at the places where they need to bolster, right? Marquinhos is, is an old man now. He should go the Thiago Silva way. Look for a team to pay you ridiculous wages till you retire. Go yeah. back to Brazil. Yeah, but Presnel Kipembe and Diallo, two French defenders who are very impressive. Average defenders, the, honestly. Kimpembe is not an average defender. He, he just doesn't shine as much because he's not playing in a competitive league. Honestly, we should do a very dive, uh, deep dive into PSG yeah. and just figure out where the, their lives are going after they're lost <laughs> in the Champions League. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Yeah, but yeah, we're probably going to do that in the next episode of The Bar. Yeah. And you know what this means. As for now? You know what this means. Right? What does this mean? It, the format must be maintained. I am going to get alcohol. Drew is going to wrap things up. It's been me, Kibbs. Bye. Oh, so I cleaned the tables there. Anyway, uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us again. Uh, This has been the Spot Bar. See you again next time. Bye-bye.